everybody. Daniel Ramsey here with my Outdesk. I'm excited because we got Joe Daniels here from Streamline CXO, a PEO in the Alabama area. And today we've got a really cool conversation because this guy has been through a merger, separated, sat out his, his non-compete for a year and then started his own company. And nine years later, here he is on our show. So Joe, thanks for being here today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. Real quick, let's talk about how you got started in the industry. Like, you know, your origin story, that'd be, that'd be a good spot to start. Okay. Uh, well, long story short, I was in the investment insurance and investment world that transferred me over into the, uh, banking world, primarily in the trust department. And through that became introduced to some folks in this industry. And then in 1997, I joined a guy that had started up a new company in this industry. Wow. We rocked along for about 10 years together. And then we merged with a group, a larger group out of state. Yep. And that sounded good, but didn't go quite as well as we both had preferred. And so uh, in 2010, I decided to, to move on. And then uh, I started up Streamline in 2011 after yep. honoring my one year non compete. So a little bit of a break there and a little bit of a time to reflect and decided as I looked around at different things to do that I, I really liked this industry. I liked what yeah. it offered. And uh, I think it's been a good choice because the from the beginning days of 1997, where people looked at you and said, P.O., what, what is that? Yeah, yeah. Today, we're no longer having to explain who we are, but we get to talk about what we do. So it's been great. That's awesome, man. One of my best friends in the industry just lost uh, one of his best sales guys. And it's an interesting conversation. And I think Joe, you're a great example of a salesperson who had everything gone right. You may have still been with the original founder of the company from back in 1997. So I want to kind of hear from you being that you're a sales guy that you're in the trenches. What do you think is required to hold on to that sales talent and kind of keep one of your best guys happy and, and on, on the boat basically, or on the bus? Oh, wow. Good question. Uh, you know, part of that probably goes to the philosophy or the thoughts of the, of the PEO itself from, from how they view sales. Yep. Uh, you know, if you're looking for uh, um, quick sales and, and high volume and, and not so much quantity focused rather than quality, then it might not be as much. We, we've always been a little bit more focused on quality than quantity. And so for yep. that reason, it takes a little bit more time and a little bit more conversation. And so I would answer that question by saying, you know, if a salesperson, obviously compensation always matters, yep. but if they are compensated at a, at a level and they have a sense of ownership and the ability to really kind of influence and control and, and, and bring on business that fits the company's model. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, again, they're compensated for that. Then I think that helps somebody kind of have some sense of ownership or sense of, of responsibility that's higher than just, Hey, what are your numbers and how many people have you talked to today? And why haven't you sold anything? Right. You know, different, different approach, but, but that's, I, I think that's one that I've uh, enjoyed and would like, but I also would acknowledge that not everybody's cut out for that. And so if you get somebody that just wants, you know, doesn't want to spend that much time and energy on it or, or is not capable mm -hmm. of really sitting down and having a conversation with the business owner and they just want to sell a product, a widget or, or something, a widget or a low cost, quick sale deal then in my opinion, that you don't want to keep that person around. So right. you got to, I mean, certainly training comes into it. Certainly ability to communicate is important. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, if they buy into the culture, then they're going to like the environment. If they like the environment, then they're going to hang gonna in. They're going to stay. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, your original uh, co-founder, you, you had a 10-year run, which, by the way, is unusual. Um, how did you guys divvy up the responsibility? He ran the company and you did the sales or did you both do the sales? Like, how did, how did that relationship go? Well, uh, as with any new company, uh, and as we told everybody in the early days, everybody was responsible for sales, but there's a few of us, that was our job description. So a lot of that, obviously not, you know, admit that a little bit humorous, but just saying it, it, customer service and client service and response time and all that helped us give our message out there. But it, in yeah. the end, he ran the company and I was responsible for all the sales and marketing. And we had a couple of salespeople at one time and just decided that, you know, we were probably better off uh, he and I out really talking to business owners that we knew and, and what we called and everybody calls centers of influence, but your accountants, your bankers, your other trusted advisors, like we were better off to spend our time educating them on our company and letting them refer us business than, than trying to convince these Yahoo sales folks <laughs> yeah. what we wanted and how to do it when they were just looking for a quick deal. And right, right. Yeah, that's good, man. One question that I had, what'd you do on your one year sabbatical where you just kind of were sitting out your non-compete? Well, for the first three or four months, I just detoxed, if you will, uh, yeah. relaxed a little bit. Then I started spending time talking to folks about what I was going to do next because I wasn't sure I was going to get back in this industry. Uh, and then about six, seven months into it, I realized, you know what, I, I did like this industry. I liked the opportunity it presented. I just want to have the ability to control the, or not control, but influence the culture. Yeah. And so probably, probably about seven, eight months into it, I just started putting together a, a business plan, looking for folks to hire, reaching out to vendors and doing the things you got to do. And probably started that about 10 months. We kind of had a, an, an entity ready to go. Yep. Uh, and then we waited till the uh, one year was up and before we actually officially call on anybody and did anything. So that's did you, did, did you literally wait one year and one day before you started? Literally. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Literally on the advice of, a, of the attorneys who's, who both said, Hey, eh, you know, these things, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you're wise to follow it. But all that really means that you can't generate any income for one right. year. Day one, I could be ready to go. So we, we got software vendors in place. We got office space. We got people. We were, we were prepared to, to launch. You're ready to go. One of the things that you said to me was um, that you never kind of ran the whole thing prior to that moment. And then running the whole thing, you went through a bit of a learning curve. I'd love to, to kind of understand a little bit of that learning curve that you had in the first early couple of years. It's kind of like the backup quarterback or the assistant coach that thinks they can jump in the top spot and do just fine. And they realize there's a little bit more to it. Yeah. Uh, I would say that that was me. I was the uh, vice president of the company and in charge of sales and marketing. And I thought that was the bulk of everything that took place. Other stuff just kind of happened. Realized pretty quickly there's a lot more to making things run smoothly from top to bottom. And yeah. humorously, you know, we're in the HR outsourcing business and, and are calling on client companies or prospects to tell them how we can help them on the people side of their business. Right. Internally, I deal with that. You know, we, we still got our people side of the business to handle. So That's as right. we've grown, there's just more to deal with. And so that, that kind of cuts into the selling time a little bit. Yeah, makes sense, man. Hey, everybody, Daniel Ramsey here. And I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business 
right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses, and the answer is simple. It's My Outdesk Virtual Assistants. My Outdesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over $100 million in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants, and I want to give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word MOD, MOD, to 31996, and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one on one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're going to give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist, and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how my outdesk can transform your business today. One of the interesting things I, I like to say, and I tell my clients this all the time because we're in the people business. I'm like, people are messy, man. You got to be, you got to want to build a people organization before you do it. Salespeople, marketing people, you know, support operations folks, you know, you got to deal with all of the, that comes with leading people. And you, you obviously experience that. Yes. Uh, some, you know, all, everybody has things going on, but some folks, kind of fit in better or you can tell pretty, pretty early on. And we've been fortunate that we got a good solid base of folks and uh, we're, we're not without our hiccups along the way, but uh, at the end of the day, and sometimes we've had good people that that spouse was transferred and they left and it was like, Oh my gosh, we hate to lose you. I tried to do some long distance things, but at the end of the day, we realized we needed our folks here. And so we're, we're not hiring all the time, but occasionally we have to do it. And, Certainly, even within the folks you have there, you, you want to make sure that they feel appreciated, that they're beneficial, but also that they are capable of doing what we need them to do. Yeah, I love it. Well, we've gotten through a first part of introduction, like your origin story, Joe, and I really appreciate that. I'm curious, what exactly in the PEO world do you focus on and where where's your business and a little bit about your, your company's kind of mission and purpose? Well, we probably, not probably, we, we focus on what I would say, smaller companies. Publicly, so I'll tell you, we look at groups of 100 employees or less, but, yep. but really the bulk of our clients are, are probably under 50 or 60 employees. Sure. Uh, one reason we do that is because there's more companies that size, and, and, and generally those size companies are not hiring an HR person. As far as the type of industry or company, we're, we, we've got them all across the board. Now, as a general rule, we're not out marketing or, or, or calling on what I call low-wage, high turnover, which, you know, part-time, seasonal, right. restaurant, not because those are not great companies. They just, the, the aspect of benefits and policy procedures are not quite as necessary with, with companies yep. that full-time employees and, and don't have high turnover or don't or want to avoid high turnover. So, you know, we're not, we're probably lean more towards this service and the white collar side of stuff than blue collar, but we certainly have clients across the board and even in the restaurant world. So we're not, ex we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to say, but 
But we're looking for companies that need what we offer. that are looking for policies and help with that and consistency and processes and benefits to help them recruit and retain all the stuff that PEOs do. We're just looking at it probably at groups that are under 100. What are some of the anxieties that you guys relieve for your clients? Like when you think about, you know, how you serve or help your clients grow, what are some of the things that you take care of? Wow. Um, Good question on that from the standpoint of, um, you know, a startup company. Uh, they probably, other than just saying, just handle this for me, they don't, they don't have a lot of anxieties. They, uh, this not completely answer your question, but saying in existing companies, the anxiety of using us initially might be just the change of how they're doing stuff. Yeah. But I would think kind of what you were asking is, you know, if somebody's prompted to consider using an outsourced option, be it in IT, be it financials, be it in the PEO world, that anxiety has to do with, am I really handling all this the best way? And, I'm, and in our world, are you in compliance? Right. Are you, are you comfortable with that? You know, everybody uses, though, can you, what's your sleep factor? Can you go to sleep at night knowing all this is being done the right way? Mm. I would say that the angst of taking this stuff, you know, I say, you know, but just humorously, when I talk to a business owner, I can tell them, I might not know anything about your company, but I know this. When you started it, it was not to deal with all this stuff we handle because nobody, except maybe us that started a PO, but nobody. Only the crazy it. people, right? Yeah, only only the, the crazy. crazy. Nobody right. else starts a company saying, I'm going to be the best payroll processor and HR person. They started because I, I know how to make money doing something else. Right. Architect, engineer, dentist, lawyer, marketing, whatever it is. Right. So they, that's what they want to focus on. And then they get distracted with this stuff that they didn't want to do, but they got to do. And so that anxiety comes from how am I handling this? And how do I know the people that are doing it really know what they're doing? And so that's, that's what we probably relieve the most. For. I love it, man. What about um, like pushback from those businesses? Like what are some of the pushback that as you're kind of helping somebody understand your value proposition and why you guys exist? What, what are some of the things that people are like, well, I don't know about this, Joe, tell me this, you know? Yeah. That's again, I'll kind of go back to maybe younger or startup companies, younger business owners or startup companies, less pushback. You know, they're, they're more about finding ways to outsource because outsource is way more common now. Yep. Take an older company or even an older business owner who has run their business for a long time without outsourcing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be a little bit more skeptical or a little bit more, do I want to put all my eggs in one basket? You know, why would I, if I've got multiple vendors out there handling this for me now, why do I need to have it all with one? Right. You know, some people come to the conclusion it's easier to deal with one uh, than the multiple. Some yep. people don't, but I'd say the pushback would just be the change factor again, just kind of like, yep. you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. But right. at the same time, if you're still dealing with multiple vendors and multiple processes and multiple paperwork, multiple times a year, you got to do stuff. Is that really, is that really what you want to be doing? Yeah, I love it. One, one thing that's happened in over the last 10 years, and you've probably enjoyed some of this growth, the PEO industry has really taken off. I mean, it's, it's blown up. Outsourcing has become, like you said, when we first started, we first started outsourcing in 2007 and we outsourced talent for companies, but we started in 2007 with virtual assistants and nobody knew what they were. And now it's common. Like everybody talks about it. You've heard of them. It's just kind of a common thing. Same thing for the PEO industry. Where do you see us going over the next five or 10 years, Joe? What's, what's in your crystal ball? Yeah. My crystal ball. Um, yeah. 
Well, I, I, I will say that a strong economy and the familiarity of what a PO is, is what's helped our growth over the last 10 years. Yeah. Going forward, I think technology uh, is certainly going to be a bigger part of that and, and adjusting to the, the gig economy that everybody talks about, but just the sure. change in the workforce, you know, part of this is going to be, we, we need employment law to catch up to where we are because we still got a lot right. of laws that act like we're still, everybody goes to an office every day from eight to five and all that. And that's changing. So mm-hmm. I can't say that I know exactly, but what I have told people is, listen, accountants have been in practice in accounting for a hundred years. They've just evolved as things have evolved. Same for lawyers and banks in the HR world. As long as there's people and there's people, and there's payroll, there's going to be issues. So yep. PEOs are going to evolve and we're going to adapt to kind of what's taking place. But there's always going to be, in my opinion, business owners who say, hey, can you handle this for me? Would you just right. take care of this? And so, you know, we, we certainly will be less, well, I won't say less, but just say it's certainly going to evolve on how we manage and deal with stuff. And I think technology is going to be a huge factor in that. But I also think we'll evolve as the employment laws evolve. evolve. I love it. Joe, what piece of advice or encouragement would you give our audience as you're, you know, looking forward um, to the PEO space and outsourcing in general? What what would you tell our, our folks? Uh, you know, I don't know that I've got anything that's just wildly unique, but I would say don't be slow to look into new ideas and new technology that could help you stay productive. And that's, that's kind of a general comment, but just saying the change has happened in fast. I mean, yep. way quicker than anything we grew up with or had in the, you know, in the eight late eighties or nineties. So, you know, I, I just would not be too, don't be hesitant to look into new ideas and new ways. Doesn't mean everything that comes out is going to be right for you, but don't just assume everything's not right and, and kind of explore, ask questions because it is getting, it does, technology does move fast, but it is making things a lot easier to do and a lot a lot of simpler for you to run your primary business by having these other aspects take things off your plate. I love it. Well, Joe Daniel, thank you for being, uh, being here and a guest. Um, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to kind of find you and your business in Alabama? Oh, you, obviously we got a you know website, uh, which is streamlinedcxo.com, but I would say just, just email me directly. Okay. Uh, we're, we're still on the small side of the company. So we're, we're high touch personal customer service. So, you know, I get your emails. I read your emails. So yeah, Joe at streamline CXO would probably be the best way to reach me. Well, thanks for being here, Joe. Today's been a fun interview. Thank you.